All right, welcome back. Welcome in a spectacular edition of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast because we're here October 31st on Halloween. Dylan didn't like that one. <laughs> no, I just wanted to let the fans know that I was on their side. Okay. I approve. I, I had to try. As the host, you can't you can't win all of them. But no, we got Ben Mandel, Corey Jason, Dylan Mel. I'm Ryan Balliot. We have some big news to talk about in the NFC. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to our week nine look ahead. Some spectacular matchups coming up this weekend, our Outsiders of the Week. Let's get into the trade deadline. Happened just a few hours ago. Unfortunately for me, Jalen Johnson is not a Colt. No secondary help is coming. That was your Colt Report Weekly because they didn't do anything. I like that one. Surprising. That was my favorite yet. <laughs> yet is the key word because they are not stopping anytime soon. But no, the Bears, they still made some moves. They gave up a Wait, second before- round pick. What? Before we're done with the Colt Report Weekly, can we get a little TY action from you since you're rubbing them behind you? You know, I had to put T-Y, the ghost jersey, T-Y. the ghost jersey behind me on Halloween. Was that one a little better, Dylan? No. No. Was it worse? <laughs> eh, no. It was the same. Okay. These Eagles fans, man, they're tough. Just don't throw any batteries at me through the monitor. But no, the <laughs> Bears, they gave up a second rounder for Montez Ford. Sweat. Sweat. Oof. I'm thinking wrestling here. Montez Sweat. <laughs> and then all it took really was a third rounder for Chase Young for San Francisco. So, <laughs> yeah, the Bears are still the Bears. Uh, but what do we make of these moves? Washington is selling big. That kind of figures. What do you guys make of these moves? How does it change the dynamic in the NFC so far? I, I don't know if it necessarily changes anything. Um, do, do you guys really feel like Chase Young to San Francisco is moving the needle? No. Yeah. Their quarterback is still... Exactly. Yeah. Like, their defensive yeah. line wasn't the problem. So, I, I don't think that there was any big impact moves that are really changing anything. The Bears are still not contenders. Like, that... I, I think Leonard Williams to Seattle was a solid move, but... Again, I, I think, I think that was lot. probably I think it was probably the most impactful though because I think Seattle they they smell a little bit of blood in the water with San mm-hmm. Francisco and that they could win the division and I think making moves to push for that is the right call. Um, I think Brock Purdy the clock has struck midnight back into a pumpkin for him and I think that the 49ers and their front office can try and surround him with the Avengers on offense and the Justice League on defense all they want. It's not going to matter. He's going to have to be the one that makes plays. And this was the problem that I said for basically since he started playing, let's see him come from behind. Let's see him in a tough situation. You know, we didn't get to see him in the NFC championship, obviously. And then the last three weeks, we've seen him in tough situations and he's 0 for 3 with turnovers at the end of the last two games. And he was terrible for three and a half quarters of the Cleveland game. Chase Young also, there's questions of his availability. Why do you think Washington wanted to move a former number two overall pick edge rusher? Wasn't because he doesn't have the talent. It's because he's not providing them enough for them to be good because he's not out there. Yeah. I mean, the Niners were on my hot seat. I believe it was last week. I think we did hot streaker hot seat and I said that the Niners were on the hot seat solely because of their quarterback situation and what's going on and I think that is proven to be true I don't know how much is related to the uh 
the concussion that Brock Purdy suffered, because that did look kind of nasty. But what really, not concerns me, what really makes me question this deadline was the the compensation for the players. Ben, you texted me earlier today, right? If Leonard Williams went for a two and a five, Chase Young has to be a first-round pick, right? Well, and that's it's going back all and over the place. Nothing was consistent. Nothing was consistent, but also I don't think Chase – I think Chase Young is worth not even a third based on his availability and honestly how he's actually played on the field. He's worth a lot based off name brand alone because of what he was coming out of college but missing so many games coming off a major knee injury and not being an incredibly impactful player while he's on the field, albeit while rehabbing still just makes me question the move. I think pairing him with Bosa, you know, two college teammates, guys that knew each other, that's a good move. I think he'll benefit a lot from being on that defense and almost being hidden by some of the great players they have. But I just don't – I think it moves the needle a bit because it adds more to a solid defense. And if you can get what Chase Young was supposed to be out of Chase Young, then it's a home run for a third rounder that's not going to be an early third. Like, I don't expect this to be a top 100 pick. But then yeah. you have the Bears, who nobody nobody knows what they're doing. They're trading a second rounder for a worse player than Chase Young. Like, Montez Sweat isn't bad, but he's not Chase Young – and he's also somebody that the Bears could have very realistically have signed in the offseason. So you're not going anywhere. This is very reminiscent of the Leonard Williams to the Giants trade where they traded good draft capital for a player that they could have really got, you know, four months later at a better contract, if not the same one you're going to end up giving him in free agency. Then the Giants trading away Leonard Williams is, I think, oh, just a, a steal, just a massive Joe Shane masterclass. Yeah. You're eating the money. You would have eaten that money anyway if he stayed, and you get a second-round pick plus a fifth uh, next year. You need draft capital now, and he's not somebody you're going to keep. He has the biggest non-QB uh, cap hit in the league this season. So just getting him off the roster and letting some of the young guys like Jordan Riley playing, it's a really, really good move. Yeah, I and agree with you there. I, I have to ask, though, Corey, because I understand, you know, and you say, yes, that's a steal. And my, my point being there is wouldn't you consider a pass rusher like Leonard or like Chase Young more valuable than someone like Leonard Williams, who is more of a run defender at this point? Uh, I mean, like, I'm not trying to discount what Leonard Williams does or say that he's not good, but a pass rusher is more valuable than Leonard Williams, which is why I was surprised, you know, ultimately to see Chase Young only go for a third, especially when Sweat goes for a second. But Leo, Leonard Williams plays can pretty consistently. He's missed very limited amount. Over injuries. the last couple of years, not so much. Well, more than Chase Young, game. but. He missed his first game of his career early last year, and he hasn't missed like any since. He he missed he was in and out of the lineup consistently and he well, may have keeping he was fresh. off the field a lot he was he was out of games there were so many games last year where Leonard Williams was listed as out after maybe playing a few snaps well, that's you not cannot his, say uh, that he is completely you're thinking of Aziz Ojolari I think no Leonard Williams is the same situation last year Aziz is even worse but, but Leonard Williams is also Leonard not consistently Williams, on the field. Seattle's biggest flaw right now as a defense is the ability to stop the run. So adding him shores up one of your biggest. I'm not saying he's not going to help them. And I'm just saying Frank a pass rusher a pass is rusher. more valuable. Yes, but you're not adding a top tier number one pass rusher. You're pairing him with Nick Bosa, 
who is like the best pass rusher in football. And I think what Leonard Williams, yeah, but you're not adding a premier run stuffer either. Like, yeah, Leonard Williams is good against the run, but he's not the best in the league. No, but he is a top 10 run stopper. He's still consistently. It's I think what he provides to Seattle is going to be more beneficial than what Chase Young will provide to the Niners. I think yeah, the I Leonard mean, Williams we'll get deal, to see. I think that's going to end up being a win-win Seattle gets a big piece added to their defensive line. Giants get some draft capital for us as fantasy players. We win because Seattle won't be able to draft another running back in the second round. Charbonnet. So I I also do like the chase young pick. Like you said, now they have bookend pass rushers that were teammates in college. They were the second overall pick in back-to-back drafts, Bosa in 2019, young in 2020. And he does get to be hidden a little bit. That is a very good defensive line that also includes Javon Hargrave and the best linebacker in the game behind him and Fred Warner. So I think the weakness for the 49ers defense, and we've seen it a little bit the last couple of weeks, was the secondary. They're not able to go get a corner. Let's try and get a pass rusher for supposing quarterbacks to throw the ball a little bit, and maybe Charrius Ward and company can get takeaways that way. I mean, let's be honest here. The 49ers did that move to try and keep pace with Philadelphia. Like, at the end of the day, that's who they're trying to beat in the NFC. Yeah, The Lions are fun, but they're not the team that the Niners have their eyes on. I just don't know if that closes the gap between you and Philadelphia. Just this last week, the Eagles played Chase Young. Jordan Mailata held him to zero quarterback pressures, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits, and one tackle on the day. It wasn't like he was a superstar out there. Now, granted... Obviously, him being the second guy, but he was out there with Montez Sweat, with Jonathan Allen. It's not a bad D line in Washington. Very good front four, and he was still held to be irrelevant. I just wonder if Chase Young, if we took away his college production and nobody knew his draft capital, is he any better than Jadavion Clowney? That's what I'm saying. Like I'm just, I think he's getting a little Jadavion Clowney. Where it's like the name is bigger than the production. Yeah, I agree. 100%. He hasn't produced enough in the NFL. You know, he disappears in big games. He disappears a lot in divisional games we've seen against the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. And even when he does do something, it's early on and he doesn't make impact plays. He could get there. We know he has the talent, but he's never put it together in the NFL yet. Yeah, if there's one coaching staff, though, that I trust to start to get that production, it's Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers coaching staff. Because, I mean, offensively, we see what the quarterbacks. Look at Garoppolo now. He's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league when he was there in San Francisco. That was a great system. They've had their defensive coordinators getting hired as head coaches these past couple of seasons. So this is, a, I think, a relatively low risk. It, it's projected to be a late third-round pick for San Francisco could be a very high reward elsewhere today on this trade deadline day minnesota made a couple of moves obviously losing kirk cousins to the injury for the rest of the season they went out and acquired josh dobbs who hasn't he's been maybe the lone bright spot for arizona thus far this season but with kyler murray coming back he was being able to get shipped out josh dobbs now viking but he loses offensive lineman ezra cleveland who's now going to block for trevor lawrence down in jacksonville so these moves kind of working in tandem for Minnesota. We talked about prior to the Kirk injury, they could sort of run the table, very easy schedule down the stretch the rest of the season. Can Dobbs steady the ship enough to keep the Vikings in the wild card race? 
I think if you're getting Josh Dobbs that we've seen this season, maybe. But how quickly is he going to be able to pick up this playbook? I mean, you see how complex NFL offenses are. I mean, you want to do yourself a favor, go and look up a full NFL play call. When, when you hear these guys read it in, it's about 20 seconds. Why banana? That that's that's the end tag of the play, Corey. That doesn't include the formation. That doesn't include the personnel. That doesn't include the motions, and that also doesn't include if there's the actual play itself. The Y banana is the tag. It's the route combination there for the tight end. It, like it's it's complex. It's complicated, and I'm sure Minnesota they're going to do their best to get him up to speed. But it may be a week or two before Dobbs is even able to suit up and play. The Vikings are in a position with the games they lost early on. They can't really afford to lose any more of these games. So, I mean, we we'll just have to see. But I think I was very surprised to see Arizona be so willing to part ways and move off of Dobbs. I mean, we heard them yesterday say, look, he's not going to start, even if Kyler Murray's not good to go. Now, was that their way of basically saying, look, he's available if anybody wants a quarterback? Or did they were they really just set on, hey, Kyler's our guy, we don't even want this guy here anymore? Because it just didn't make sense to me. So I want to answer your Arizona question. Carolina beating Houston over this weekend made Arizona the last place team. And now they have the number one pick. I think it was very much a we're going for Caleb or we're tanking move because they came out and said that they're starting that Clayton kid that they drafted, not even Kyler. I thought Kyler maybe moved at the deadline. I wasn't even sure if he was going to play because he was healthy this weekend and they just didn't bring him back and had like no thought of bringing him back. It seemed like. As for Minnesota, they do have a shot to make the playoffs. They're not going to do anything when they get in. But right now, they're the seventh seed at 4-4, four 2-0 and four, and oh in their division. So that's something there. Obviously, they still have to play Detroit twice. But you look around who they're competing with. It's the NFC South teams, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. The Rams are still kind of floating around at 3-5. and five. Washington is the 11th seed, but they just sold today. So it's really just New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa, and maybe the Rams, but the Rams clearly have a ton of roster holes. So I think with Dobbs, if he's able to be a game manager with those weapons, if Jefferson comes back, you have Hawkinson, Addison's really emerged. Um, They didn't get rid of anybody on the defense, and the defense played pretty well against San Francisco. So they could certainly get in, and maybe the idea is once we're in, we got a shot, but... I I don't know. I think uh, this had to do with if Kirk Cousins isn't our quarterback next year, what does it look like if we kind of just sit back and go in with a Dobbs? Mark my words right here. 6-14, Tuesday, October 31st. The Vikings will be a wildcard team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think Dobbs has shown that he is a capable NFL quarterback. He's able to keep a team afloat. The Vikings have a much, much better roster than the Cardinals do. Plus, they're a team that actually wants to win games and not lose them. The Vikings aren't tanking. I do think Kirk is back with the Vikings next year. Keep him afloat. Justin Jefferson's going to come back soon. Get him with Dobbs, who's shown he can throw a nice deep ball. He can move. I like the Vikings' chances in winning that game. When Kirk went down against the Packers, that's that's a very, you know, good uh, 
good thing because it keeps them and keeps their mindset afloat. I'm just concerned with a lot of uh, with what Arizona is doing because now this is the second time they've recently given up on a quarterback. If they're tanking for Caleb Williams, they're giving up on Kyler Murray, just like they gave up on Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray in back-to-back drafts. And now this isn't back-to-back, but this is still, you know, within a back-to-back quarterbacks. Yeah, within a short period of time, especially after giving Kyler that big deal. Now, Dobbs, we saw learn the Arizona playbook basically within a week. He got traded for at the last day of camp and was the quarterback, uh, you know, on opening day, you know, less than a week later, I think it was, or about a week. So we saw how he grew with the Cardinals. So I think he he's not going to start this week, Dobbs, but I can see him starting next week and then getting better week in and week out with that team. So the Vikings, I think, will be fine. And I'm interested to see how this goes because this is going to be a a big uh, notch on the belt for their coaching staff if they're able to get to the playoffs with Dobbs and keep that team afloat. And these next two games are huge for them for that wild card. At Atlanta, hosting the Saints, two teams that are right there with them. Winnable games. Winnable games, but... Dobbs isn't playing this week. Head coach Kevin O'Connell basically already came out and said that. If Dobbs isn't there next week, and you know, I'd rather have him for New Orleans though than Atlanta. No, no, no. I I agree. I'm just you want to win both. Ideally, well, if you're going to yeah, get but if, in. If, if you're going to tell me that Dobbs is only available yeah. for one of these two games, oh yeah, it's the New sure. Orleans one. I think they can win against right. Atlanta with whatever they're throwing out there yeah, because Atlanta's Atlanta, just going to try to run the ball. Well, they're not going to have Bijan play. They're not going to have Kyle Pitts play. <laughs> they're just going to run out with Drake London and Tyler Allen well, play. Just get some cardio. Yeah, and except for Bijan, Bijan's got a headache. He must be in the doghouse. Also, you mentioned Arthur Smith gives everyone a headache. <laughs> you mentioned Jacksonville. I think they're gearing up for a deep run. They just won five games in a row. Their offensive line was already top ten in Ooh, protecting wow. the quarterback. You bring in another offensive line piece. I think Jacksonville, you know, don't be shocked if they end up in an AFC championship. What was Urban Meyer doing with that team? <laughs> like this I, is well, this is what everyone expected the Broncos to turn into, right? Like they they thought Nathaniel Hackett had an Urban Meyer type effect on the Broncos. Yeah, it turns out uh, Russ Cook. Well, actually, Russ has been good this year, so. Well, statistically, yeah, Denver, Denver didn't turn into be the sellers many thought they would be. Jerry Judy still Bronco, Corlin Sutton still Bronco, Justin Simmons still a Bronco. Well, and so, I think the last few weeks for the Broncos yeah. have just been better, right? Since that that embarrassment against Miami, they've been competitive. I've and, you know, they've won them. some games. Granted, the schedule's <laughs> eased up, but I mean, they 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 kept the Chiefs. Both of those games against the Chiefs, they kept close. Even the one where Mahomes wasn't sick. You know, they, they still kept that game close. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Broncos aren't as bad. Maybe things really weren't as bad as they seemed. They're still not a playoff team. I mean, but... three and five headed into your bye. You got games against the Vikings, uh, Browns, Texans. So, you know, some of those are winnable coming up. Patriots are still on the schedule. It looks like here Raiders, Chargers twice. And you never know. Chargers could Charger. I'm, listen, are I'm, I'm not making a case that they will be a playoff team, but this is why they didn't sell because they could be. And if they're not all those players that you could sell for draft capital, you could sell them in the off season. Yeah. 
Yeah. People yeah. are still going to want Jerry Judy. They're still going to want Pat Sertan. They're still going to want Justin Simmons. At the end of the season, maybe you won't get as much as you would have gotten from a desperate team, say, at the deadline. But, you know, once the season's over and let's say, I don't know, a team like Kansas City got destroyed in a playoff game because they didn't have wide receiver weapons, you know, you don't want to trade Jerry Judy in division necessarily, but they might pay a hefty price. Maybe they give you a first rounder in the draft for him. Yeah, we'll see what comes at Denver, what happens the rest of their season. If it works out the way they hope, probably not. Corey and I, I think, are aligned. Again, I'm not, I'm not. They didn't sell because they think they'll be a playoff team. They didn't sell because they want to build up what's yeah. left of Jerry Judy's trade value, which is nothing. Well, I think they just didn't sell because they said, hey, we just brought in Sean Payton this year. It was a really rough start. Let's see how he can finish the year with a full roster and kind of Look, get an idea as to what we should be next. Well, right, and they're stuck with Russ. And they're stuck with Russ too. You're stuck with Peyton and Russ, so you might as well kind of let them be the best of what they can be in a situation here. If they were in the NFC, I think playoff berth is a lot more likely. I would take them over Minnesota, and we're saying Minnesota could get in, but in the AFC, it's it's going to be real uphill battle for them yeah that's the point i was gonna make maybe if they were in the nfc it's a little more open that wild card race but certainly not the afc i mean we the entire top of the conference is all six and two right now then it's five and three you know this none of this 500 yeah none of this nonsense (laughs) all right let's go to outsiders of the week i'll start off here paulson adibo cornerback for the saints he made Gardner Minshew's life a Ooh. living hell. Defensive back for the Saints. Great coverage. Had a takeaway. I was listening to this game like, who is this? And that's that's the definition of the outside. That's why we do this segment, right? Paulson Adebo played a great game this week. Could be a good running mate, a good corner to pair with Marshawn Lattimore down there. Yeah, so for me, I'm going with the quarterback out of Tennessee, Will Levis. This guy had an unbelievable first start in his career. Uh, The mayo, it must have worked. (laughs) Mayo in the coffee. Four touchdowns, a 130.5 passer rating. Give me Will Levis for outside of the week, starting in place of Ryan Tannehill. You can have him. That's crazy, Ben. I also got Will Levis as my outsider of the week. I don't know if you saw on TikTok, his ex-girlfriend was posting videos and all the comments flooded. Will Levis the GOAT, Will Levis the GOAT, Will (laughs) Levis the GOAT. Four touchdowns, bombing it, brings DeAndre Hopkins back to life. I mean, Tennessee Titans, they could be on a playoff run behind the Mayo man. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, a 130.5 QBR, the GOAT, the AFC South division winner, Will Levis, question mark. He had an amazing debut. Nobody saw this coming. Maybe Mayo really does give you superpowers. You know, 19-29 passing, over 200 yards. Again, you said brought back DeAndre Hopkins. Derrick Henry over 100 rushing yards, what seems like the first time in forever. Or is this team stabilizing behind a good quarterback? Is Will Levis the best rookie quarterback in the draft? I mean, listen, him and C.J. Strada might be close, but greater Who than sign Anthony Richardson, the right? coming of Peyton Manning. How about I the fact that they're, they're all in the asking. same division, right? You, yeah. I mean, Except you for Bryce got Young. Bryce Young, the midget. <laughs> 
Sorry, little person out there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Broussard, calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's the you know you got you got Bryce Young, but you know the big three, right? C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, all in the AFC South. These are questions people are asking: Is Will Levis? And for future, I'd like you to list Will Levis before Anthony Richardson as he's the better player. <laughs> I, will the Colts, I cannot will the wait for that Steelers defense They drafted Richardson over Levis. Steelers Levis. secondary has been one of the worst in the league this year. Will right? Levis over on passing touchdowns this week. Book it. Did you guys have fun? Did you enjoy that? Yes. Listen, we were just giving an honest product. I was going to say, we we just all happen to have the same outsider of the week, right? Oh, it's not like we're supposed to, you know, coordinate these things before yeah. the show or anything. Well, you know, it's Halloween. It's a holiday. Nobody Sometimes things fall through the cracks. trick. Never. My backup is, is Kyle Pitts. <laughs> is outsider of the week? Get out. The Kyle Pitts slander. All right, week nine. Let's look ahead here. Besides the Titans getting absolutely annihilated by the Steelers defense this Thursday, I'm looking forward to that. There's some great matchups, like I said, happening on Sunday all throughout the day. The one I'm looking forward to, the one o'clock game, Seattle going to Baltimore. These are two very good teams right now. Seattle traveling all the way across the country into Baltimore. This is going to be a good one. You know, I said Baltimore for the one o'clock game. Yeah, I said Baltimore and Detroit was going to be a good game. That one wasn't. Second <laughs> time's the charm. Seattle, Baltimore, this will be this will be a good one. Speaking of good games, Sunday Night Football, Cincinnati, Buffalo, rematch of uh, that atrocious playoff game. Look for Buffalo to bounce back. Cincinnati's been really good as of late. Uh, they've looked really strong. I think Buffalo is going to look to make a statement. They're definitely more of a regular season team than they are a playoff team. So look look for the Bills to come out here and and make some plays. I'm going Chiefs Dolphins in Deutsche Bank Stadium, the Germany game Sunday morning. Mahomes, I'm expecting him to have that flu out of his system. You know, no more bathroom breaks in the middle of a game for Mahomes. No more IVs needed. He's going to go out there and he's going to really make the Dolphins prove whether they are real or not. I don't yeah. know. If is Taylor game. Swift in Germany though? No, no, she's not. The Eras Tour is back, so I wouldn't expect a big day out of Travis Kelsey. But you know, <laughs> Rashi Rice about to be that wide receiver one? Question mark. I like that for my. Now, on the flip team. side, <laughs> this is a team that the Dolphins need to beat in order to be taken seriously. You know, you can drop seventy on the Broncos all you want. Nobody's going to believe you're an actual contender until you can beat these other contenders. And the Chiefs are the team to beat in, in the league. They won the Super Bowl. They're the team you need to beat, whether they have a receiving core or not. The Dolphins need to win to be taken seriously, I think. Yeah, I I hear you there for sure. Dolphins against the two best teams they faced this year have not looked good. <laughs> not at all. So question marks there. Uh, you know, I turned my camera off there because my my dog was laying down and he was sleeping and he was having nightmares. Just like the Cowboys will be having nightmares all week as they get ready to come to Philadelphia. Cowboys-Eagles week. You guys knew I had to pick this as the game of the week. You knew I had to be on the show to talk about it. All the Eagles have to do is not give up a pick six early and make Dak Prescott play a real game. And they'll be fine. But on a real note, 
Kevin Byard, a week into the system. Jalen Hurts, what's up with that knee? Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. We've seen this before. Monster week. How do they follow that up against real competition? A win here for the Cowboys could really put them in prime position to actually be the one seed in the NFC versus if the Eagles get this win, go into the bye eight and one before Kansas City, feeling really comfortable as everybody said they're headed for this hellacious run. If they're able to go three and oh into the bye to start that two month run, this game matters a lot for later implications. And it's NFC East divisional game, prime time. You know what it is. We saw Sam Howell kind of pick apart that Eagles secondary and have an amazing day. Does it kind of worry you a little bit how that yeah. defense is playing? Have, have, you're muted, Ben, but. Uh... Yeah, sorry. My dog's my dog's a little upset as well. But no, when you look at the, the Washington offensive line is significantly worse than the Dallas one. So for Sam Howell to have enough time. Sam Howell was Dak, way Dak. more mobile than Dak Prescott, though, as well. And Sam Howell and other Eagles fans will know what I'm saying here. For some reason, whenever we play the commanders, they are, they are a level above. Sam Howell has not been, as good as he's been versus the Eagles in any other game this no. year. You saw you're, you're not, for some reason, Washington Washington always plays the Eagles well. It's yeah. just like how even when the Eagles are bad, they always play the Giants well. It's, yeah. it's just like one of those things. And typically in these Cowboys-Eagles games, home field usually really carries some weight, especially over the last couple years. I've noticed Dallas has dominated the Eagles in Dallas both of the last two years. And last year, it was Cooper Rush. So take that with whatever grain of salt you want. But I feel like the Eagles are going to go out and get the win, especially if Jalen Carter's active. That's something to look out for, though. He has been sensational. Clear defensive rookie of the year, in my eyes. If he's out there, could be a problem for Dallas. And I'm interested to see because the Eagles are what? They're definitely top five against the run this year. I don't have the stat in front of me. But Dak's going to have to throw the ball to win. And we've seen Dak not do well in those spots before. So we'll see how it goes. Tony Pollard, 121 snaps now without a touchdown. And they didn't trade back for Zeke today. So (laughs) didn't make a move for Derrick Henry either. That was another popular. They made no move today. I saw Cowboys Twitter was fuming. They didn't want to poke the bear, as (laughs) Jerry Jones would say. Yeah, so good teams on by Jacksonville, San Francisco, and Detroit, and then also Denver. But aside from the matchup I talked about, the three games you guys talked about could all very easily be games happening divisional weekend in the playoffs. So it's exciting. We're getting some great matchups here in the middle of the NFL season. We're going to see how those games go. We're going to react to it next week. And we're also at that point, I think it's time to give some midseason awards out. So you guys wear your finest tuxedos next week. Join us here at the Outsider Sports Offensive Football Podcast. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Will Levis. Book it. <laughs> I'll be here talking by myself, I guess. <laughs> Will Levis, Kyle Pitts. Will Levis and Kyle Pitts. God. All right, join us next week. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at OutsiderSports3 to make sure you get the latest notifications for when all of our content goes live. The World Series, we're in the thick of that. So our baseball content led by Corey here, our hockey content, NHL led by Ben here. Make sure you go check all of that out. Follow us on Twitter, on Spotify, and YouTube, wherever you watch our shows. And check out our website. we got great content every week coming out there. Thank you guys again for listening to the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. We'll see you next week.